Well, let's, uh, we are in a series called Transformed into His Image. Um, last week we had a little bit different series, so I uh, didn't get to what uh, we were going to minister. We're going to be ministering those things, I believe, tonight. Second uh, Corinthians 3, verse 17 is one of the texts that we've used to wait for a second. Put that up in a minute. I'll just read it to you. Second Corinthians 3 verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In the Amplified, it says, We all with unveiled face continually uh, seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into His image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. In the message it says, So we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives as we become like Him. So, you know, in that translation, when it says gradually becoming brighter, more beautiful, what, what does it mean? What, I mean, when we're being transformed into something better, what, what is that? What is, the, what is the bar? You know, what, what is it that we're attaining to? Ultimately, um, you know, we've talked about different facets of this growth process because if we're Christians, then we ought to be growing. There isn't such a thing as a Christian that should just be stagnant, you know, any more than uh, uh, a human being. You know, if, if a, there's a newborn babe, they're supposed to grow. And if they're not growing, then there's a problem. And of course, then that physical growth goes through, you know, only so far. And, and then, but we're supposed to be then growing and developing mentally, emotionally as human beings. Well, spiritually, we're supposed to be developing and growing too. And so we've talked about different facets of that and, um, you know, different, different things that will help us along that. But ultimately, what does this look like? When a spiritual person, somebody that is mature spiritual, what does that look like? Well, the Bible has a lot to say about that. First uh, John 4, verse 7 <clears throat> It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this is the love of God, in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. So it says in verse 8 that God is love. Well, if God is love, then... If we're like Him and we're, we're maturing to be more like Him, then we ought to 
look like he looks, which if he's loved, then it's love. Ultimately, uh, everything that uh, we talk about maturing, it comes down to do you manifest the love of God? It's not what a lot of people think as far as being mature spiritually is not what a lot of people think. We're going to see that as we read some verses. People put their stamp of thinking certain things are spiritual and the Bible doesn't say they are. On the other hand, if you're walking like God... So you're walking in love. So you're, you're, if God is love and we have His manifest presence in us, well, we're going to act like Him. Jesus, it says, Jesus was the representation of love from the Father. Verse 9 says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. That's love. Jesus, God sent Jesus into the world to die for us, when we had done nothing right. I mean, we weren't born, so we couldn't have done anything right, nothing wrong, but God did that for every one of us before we could do anything to earn it. And He did it for people that would despise Him, which is not an easy thing to do for us in our flesh. When somebody despises you, when somebody treats you bad, your natural reaction is not to love them. There's many things that you could say of what you actually want to do, but love is not the top of the list. It's talking about our flesh, our unrenewed nature, that, you know, slap them, tell, tell them a bunch of stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of things you could say that you'd rather do than love them, Right? But God loved us. Jesus, you know, the people that were crucifying Him, he, he said, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. And I, we don't, I mean, we're just over time. We, we get to know more and more what that actually means. But it's, it's unimaginable what He was going through physically, what they did to Him. And we go through just one iota of that. We, wanted, we just want to knock somebody out. Yet He took all that. And he was doing it for the very people that were crucifying him. Which I know, you know, so some of these things, they become so normal because, you know, especially if you've grown up around Christianity or just even culture, right? I mean, I remember when I was growing up, uh, you know, we had, we actually got the newspaper at home. You know, it wasn't online, physical newspaper. And on Sundays, it was a big fat newspaper. And it had the comic section in it, and I would read the comic section. I remember in one of those comics, it was Easter, and one of those comics, you know, um, they were talking about Jesus dying. I mean, in, a, in one of the comics, it was talking about this, and, you know, actually one of the kids in the family was getting all mad and crying, and like, why, do, why are they doing that to him? And just, you know, like a child just reacting to this injustice. But I remember that. I remember that, you know, reading that comic. So just we, we've seen these things maybe in the background or maybe in church or and it can become like, yeah, you know, Jesus loves us. We get it. We know. 
But I mean, it can be lost on us what he actually did. I mean, there's the physical part, of course, there's the spiritual part of it, but that's love. I mean, when you talk about, um, you talk about what it looks like in the face of just complete, not even just rejection, but torment, and he loved anyway. So that's, that's God's love toward us. See, you know, forget about for a minute the fact that w- how we feel when we're treated bad, but just think about the fact that God loves us unconditionally apart. The fact that we've done everything right. We didn't deserve His love, but He loved us and He showed us mercy. And so that, and that can help us to look at the other person and say, well, they deserve mercy. They don't deserve mercy, but I'm going to give them mercy because I didn't deserve mercy. So the, the bar is walking in love. The mark of a spiritual person is walking in love. Not walking in love is the mark of an unspiritual person. Doesn't matter what, and we'll read some of this. Let's just, uh, but we'll say this and then we'll back it up. Uh, It doesn't matter what other traits are there. If we fail to walk in love, we're not as spiritual as we might think. A lot of what the, you know, uh, more mature people ooh and all at, you know, think, ooh, that must be spiritual. No, not necessarily. Might be spectacular. Might be flashy. But that's not the same as being spiritual. Because if you're spiritual, you're walking in tune with your spirit. Your spirit is filled, uh, you, you've been uh, reborn to the whole, uh, by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells you. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ And God is love. So if you're being, if you're walking according to your spirit, then you are going to walk in love always. No matter what you do, it's walking in love. And it's not this wishy-washy, you know, weak thing. Walking in love. Jesus was not weak when he was taking all that and still loving. That's not weak. It's not, it's not a light thing. It doesn't mean you just take everything, um, you know, just like you're a doormat for, no, you're living for God. And no matter what, you you do that in the face of whatever, because you're strong. Love is the very essence. God is love. So it's, it's not a weak thing. It's in the face of anything. It will dominate. It will win. First uh, John four twelve in the Amplified Classic says, "No man has at any time yet seen God, but if we love one another, God abides, lives, and remains in us, and His love, that love which is essentially His, is brought to completion, to its full maturity, run run its course, is perfected in us." So there you can see it clearly. If we're loving, then it's it's being completed. If we love, His love is being completed on us, which means we're mature, which means we're uh, 
being what we ought to be. Uh, John 13, 35 says, By this we all know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Notice what it says. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. It didn't say anything else. It said if you have love. It's not, so many other things, they're not a mark of this. Uh, Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So that love that God is, is in us. We have that love. It's not something we have to attain to. See, this is where... You know, people will hear about love and they'll say, oh, yeah, I know how to do better. I, I, I know I, I need to love that person. I know it's hard, but so that makes it something out there that I'm trying to attain to, reaching for instead of something that's already in us that we have that we just need to yield to, give place to, cooperate with. Those are two different things. If you think you have to go get something before you can... Uh, enjoy it or, or work with it, that's a lot different than you already have it, you just need to use it. Because the first thing makes it this bar that, well, I don't know if I'll ever get it. Maybe I'm just not a loving person. Maybe I'm just not bent that way. Maybe I just don't really like people. Maybe that's just my personality. Maybe this person's unlovable. None of those things. But when, when the Bible says it's been poured out, has been poured out in your heart, then, then it's ours. Now it's a matter of what am I going to do with it? Now, I can shut it down, but then that wouldn't be cooperating with God. And when we realize what God did for us through Jesus, now if we say, yeah, but I'm not going to do it for this other person, you don't want to do that. You don't want to stop up that flow. It's not that God doesn't love you. He loves us clearly. He gave Jesus. But when we decide we're, we're going to stop it, we're not going to yield to it for other people, then what we're doing is it, it limits what God can do for us. And you don't want to get in the way of that. I don't want to get in the way of that. I want to say, I'm going to yield fully to what you're doing. You deal with this person. I'll, 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 I'm going to yield to you so that I'm not messed up in my life. I will yield to you now. I'm going to love. And I thank you. It's not that God would stop loving you, but you know, we have an enemy in this, this world called Satan, that's going to try to take advantage of us at every turn. So if, if we're not yielding to love, what are we yielding to? We're yielding to the flesh. We could be yielding, you know, to uh, the enemy trying to divide us from people. Well, now we're not yielding to what God would have for us, so it gives Satan a foothold in our lives. So if we don't do that, if we just yield to our spirit, then we're giving Satan no foothold. We're giving our flesh no foothold. We're, we're yielding to our spirits. And so that yielding to our spirits, the more we do that, the more spiritual we are. Notice this doesn't talk about... Now, these things can be a mark of spirituality. Uh, they can be, but they're, they're not the mark. I mean, in other words, a spiritual... Some of these things we'll look at. A spiritual person could do these things, but also somebody that's not so spiritual could do these things. So it's these things, uh, so many things people go, oh, that person must be really spiritual. If they do such and such, the Bible doesn't teach that. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. 
We're talking about being transformed into His image. Ultimately, you know, we said this early on, um, one definition of being mature spiritually is letting your Bible-formed beliefs determined, determine what you think, say, and do. And we said, this will always be walking in love. I'm going to say that again. One definition of being spiritually mature is letting your Bible-formed beliefs, in other words, what the Bible says, what you believe, not just what you believe because you may believe something that's crazy. We're talking about Bible-formed beliefs. Determine what we think, what we say, and what we do. In other words, if you let the, what is the Bible has taught and what we've put into our heart and what the Holy Spirit has shed abroad in our heart, if we let that dominate what we think, say, and do, then that's being mature. Those things will always be walking in love. You're, in other words, you're never going to do something that's letting the Bible dominate you, but you're out of love. What the Word of God tells us to do will always be in line with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we know that by the Holy Spirit, we've had the love of God poured out in our hearts. So if you're in line with the Spirit of God, you are in line with love, period. In other words, the, nobody can ever say, I'm being led by the Spirit, and they're not walking in love. That doesn't make any sense because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of love. It is God's Spirit who is love. So if you're being led by Him, you are, by definition, walking in love. Period. So as we mature, the more we walk in love, the more we're letting our Spirit dominate us. Jesus always walked in love. Everything He did was walking in love. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. I'm not sure we'll get through this, but we'll see. This is, this is really, we've gone through these different parts. This is really a culmination of, of what it means to be spiritual. Verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Now let's go back over those verses slowly. Verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels... But have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. In other words, doesn't matter how eloquent you are, doesn't matter how, how powerful that you would speak. If it's not done in love, it says that you basically become noisy. It's just no, you know, loud, sounding brass, clanging cymbal. What is that? It's irritating. It's like just a noise. It's not, it's not good. If we're not connected with the Spirit of God and walking in love, then what we do in this regard, it means, it, it, it means nothing. It's just noise. So take that off the table. Well, that, that person, well, they just speak so powerfully. Doesn't mean they, that doesn't mean they're spiritually mature. Okay, if, that, if that, that was a hiccup there in your thought process, then we need to let the Word of God renew our mind because some people go, well, surely have you been around the last how many decades? You think, how many, and I'm not throwing any stones, but just as an example, how many people have looked very powerful and ended up on the spiritual junk heap? 
You think, well, that person, that they have, they, nobody can speak like that and not know God. Are you kidding me? Do you understand you can yield to the Spirit of God one minute and yield to the devil or your flesh the next? So what's going to bring you through is you're walking in love. The more you do that, the more spiritual you are. So if you're just doing it a little bit of the time, but then the other time you're not, you're not actually mature, and that will catch up with you. So we need to, we need to know... When, when we're reading these scriptures, we need to understand this is the way the Bible describes spirituality, that it's not, see the world, a lot of people look at the Christian things and spiritual things like they do natural things, like it's a worldly uh, function or talent or like they would celebrities. Well, people don't think celebrities just because you can sing. Or you, doesn't mean they have any character, right? I mean, there people will write it off and go, well, of course we're not thinking that. They're a rock band. By definition, we know. I mean, historically, not, not necessarily everybody, but you know, rock and roll. You know, you think of classic rock in the 70s and 80s. They were having, you know, uh, these concerts, and then the rest of the time, they're partying and doing all kinds of stuff. So it's not like people go, oh, wow, they can really sing. They must be very pure. No, it's almost like, no, they do that. You know, we know what they're doing everywhere else. But in the Christian way, people like take it and go, wow, they can, wow, it's, it's so good. So then they just fill in all the stuff behind it. Well, just because somebody can speak or sing or sing, I mean, hello, like sing Christian music and wow, Wow, that just seems so anointed. Be careful. Don't confuse the anointing with natural ability. And you can just see, you know, somebody singing amazing and then just, but, the, but they're not walking in love. Could be one of the meanest person you ever met. That's not spiritual because what's our target? Acting like God, Jesus Verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So this can be challenging. Though I have, though I have the gift of prophecy, beginning in verse 2, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, flow in the, just know some things about mysteries, knowledge, you could say things that are spiritual or things that are, you know, considered related to spiritual things, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And you, you could think, is that possible? It is possible. The Bible just said it's possible. But you, you or me believing God you can walk in things, believe God, yet turn around and yield to the wrong thing, and eventually you can't. The Bible says that the wages of sin are death, is death. You, it will catch up with you. I, I know I'm thinking of a, a certain individual right now that probably lived close to 100 years ago, and um, very powerful minister of the gospel, and, but didn't, didn't judge himself in some things naturally. 
And he was very, he wasn't nice to, to other people. He wasn't nice to fellow ministers. Uh, you know, in accounts I've read, uh, he didn't, he didn't uh, keep his appetites under, just, just was very uh, yielded to the flesh in a lot of things, but he would walk in great power. Well, that, you, you think, how is that possible? Well, if you are bold and believe what God said, he'll back his word up. That doesn't mean that you're doing everything right everywhere else. And he didn't judge himself. And there was a word given me. If you don't, if, if uh, well, it came to somebody else, and I, and I don't know if they necessarily shared it with them, but there, there was, uh, this person had insight. If he doesn't judge himself, he's going to die early. And he did. He died like in his 30s. But he walked in great power. Well, you know, this isn't my, you know, something I'm making of. The Bible said, it, though you, though, though, if I had all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. Verse 3 says, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me Nothing. Now, it may profit the other person. You know, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. So you literally are giving your stuff away to feed the poor. Sounds pretty good. Do you realize you could do that and not love the people whatsoever? You could be doing it and doing it because you want, or me, a person, an individual, could just wants to look good. Doesn't care anything about the people. And so... It says at the end of the verse, it profits, it profits me nothing. If I do that, it profits me nothing. Well, but that person was profited, but I wasn't. I'm not walking in love. It says, though I give my body to be burned, you laid your life down. Could you lay your life down and not actually care about the other people? Evidently. Could you actually lay your life down for somebody and not care at all about them? Evidently. And somebody can say, wow, that's a real spiritual person. Look what they gave away. Look what they did. People give stuff all the time. You know, give, and they're really, it's, there's, it's another motive. I don't know anybody that's given up their life, you know. I mean, that's going really far. You don't really care about the people. You're just going to die? Well, Bible says it. It's possible. <laughs> But it said, if you were to do that, it profits you nothing. So these things that people go, oh, wow, they must be. Don't do that. Because the Bible doesn't teach that. You're going to know somebody that's spiritually mature by how they're walking in love. Verse 4, it says then, so love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely does not seek its own, does not provoke, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all thing, things, love never fails. So we could spend a long time on this, and you know we have looked at these things more in depth before, but let's look at those same verses in the Amplified Classic. And this is talking about what love is. Well, this would be describing then what God is, 
And then what we would act like if we were walking in love and then therefore what a spiritual person looks like. Verse 4, it says, love endures long and is patient. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 in the Amplified, classic. Love endures long and is patient and kind. I know this is... this. These verses, I have these printed on a half sheet of paper. These verses in the Amplified Classic. And sometimes these will just slap you right up the face. You know, you can, you realize I missed that one. Did I miss that one? I missed that one. Nope, that one too. Well, I guess I pretty much, you know, I can come up in everything. Brother Hagen made this comment, Kenneth E. Hagen Sr. He's like, you know, you can, you can go through... Tizer, you think you're doing pretty good. You know, I'm kind of getting this love thing down. He goes, and the next one moment you're thinking that, the next moment your head is where your feet were just a moment ago, and you're like, how did I get here? We, we, don't, we don't try to attain to that, but, you know, you don't want to get hot. You think, well, I walk in love. Well, um, there's a verse about that, too. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. So this is how love acts. This is the way God is. This is character. This is a spiritual person. Is not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. (laughs) Is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Is not rude unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. This is what love is. This is a spiritual person. You don't have to like be grading yourself or whatever. I mean, we just, this is the Word of God. We look at it. Love, God's love in us. Remember, it's been shed abroad in our heart. It's in there. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights, its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful, or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Just like, woo, just <laughs> fading out. You're like, some of that just goes right against all our culture, you know? No, people are going to make you pay. You, do, you said what? I'm canceling you, and everybody on social media is going to know about it too, and I'm writing 15 bad reviews about you. Verse 6, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail, not rejoicing when the wrong thing is happening to somebody else. You've got to watch that. <laughs> don't, don't be, oh, this stuff's happened bad. Finally, they're getting what they deserve. Don't do that. Doesn't rejoice at injustice, unrighteousness. Verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes but rejoices when right and truth prevail. You know, this is a thought. This hit me a long, you know, many years ago. But whenever I read this verse, this will come up. Verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Do you realize just attaining, just going no matter what is a mark of love? Yes, with other people, but also when you're thinking, oh, I just don't know how much longer I can go. I just, I, this is so hard. You're, you're not walking in love. I mean, you're not spiritual. Love doesn't talk that way. Love is not a quitter. Love is not weak. Love is like, 
we're going over, period. No matter what. Oh, they did what? Okay, whatever. No, we're going over. And it doesn't give up, no matter what. This is a godly person. This is a spiritual person. Is uh, Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Ever ready to believe the best of every person. That could be a challenging one. You know, you think, well, yeah, but they're like this. One thing that may help you, help me, you can think, uh, well, you know, I haven't seen them for a while. Maybe they changed. You just saw them yesterday. Maybe they changed. Maybe they're changing. Maybe stay, what, believes the best. May, if, you, if you or me are, are getting on the wrong side and saying, yeah, they're always like this, we're, we're taking the wrong angle here. Now we're making ourselves the judge when we want mercy from God, but we're going to judge somebody else. If we'll just get out of the way and say, God, they're your problem. I might have to deal with some stuff, but I'm not going to step into your role and judge them. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to have mercy wherever I can have mercy. I'm going to believe the best. That mean, I, I have to put my head in the sand and don't deal with stuff. But hey, it's not going to do me any good if I am now trying to be judgmental and, and condemning because I want mercy from God. I don't want to stop up anything that's going to mess up my walk with God. So I'm going to stay on that side. And then God, you deal with them. Well, he, you know, you're getting out of the way then. You don't want to try to do his job. I don't want to do his job. So love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures. It endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete, comes to it. Excuse me, comes to an end. Love never fails. Now, what that means is you can see it in the Amplify. It never fades. It never becomes obsolete. Never comes to the end. Never comes to an end. It means it's everlasting. It always is constant. It does not mean when you read that people say love never fails. That means it, it always does the right thing. You, that's not what it's saying. It's saying it never stops. In other words, you can love somebody, Jesus loves somebody, loves people, and they still reject Him, and they go to hell. Just because you're walking in love with somebody, you don't control their will. I don't control it. Well, love never fails. If you just walk in love, they'll change. That, that's not true. Walking in love with somebody is what we have to do regardless. They may choose to do something else. That's their problem. I'm not going to make it my problem by now getting in the way. You realize you can, walk, you can walk in love with somebody for decades, and they still don't like you because they chose not to like you. You could be as nice as nice can be, so kind, gracious, merciful, and they act like they don't need it. You know, there's a saying, you can't be gracious to somebody who thinks they deserve it. You can be gracious, and they think they don't even know what's going on. They don't even know they're being, that you're being patient with them because they don't do anything wrong in their mind. You can't be gracious to a person like that. Even though you're walking in love with them, they can just still keep going, trucking on down the, right, the same road. Not my problem. Now, I might have to deal with some stuff that they're doing, but it's not, I'm not going to make it my problem by now getting out of love with them. That's not going to help me. That's just going to mess up the situation. 
So anyway, this, yeah, I don't know. There's some other things we didn't get into, but maybe we'll get into. But a, a spiritual person, let me just read one. <clears throat> Romans 13, 8. Because we're, we're, we've been chugging along with these things, been talking about being transformed, because this, this is really the, the sum up. Romans 13, 8, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he, lo- he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. Verse 9, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. If there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law, referring to the Old Testament law. In other words, all these commandments that they had, love supersedes all of it, because if you love somebody, you're not going to steal from them. If you love somebody, you're not going to kill, kill them. If you love somebody, you're not going to sleep with their wife. If you love, you will actually outdo any of the commandments. Therefore, love, anything in the Word of God that tells us to do something, love supersedes that. Love is the fulfillment of the law, which means love is ultimately spiritual. Love is acting like God. And without love, it doesn't matter what else you're doing, because if you're not in love, you're violating the Word, (laughs) which means you're not spiritual. Doesn't matter how flashy it looks, doesn't matter how spectacular it looks, it's off if it's out of love, period. And so we need to recalibrate. We need to recalibrate the way God sees things, not the way maybe our our world-influenced beliefs, uh, our, our, our perspectives have looked at stuff. Amen? 